part of the series that I started last week, which we titled Baptism, Be a Follower, Not a Fan. And if you remember, the thrust of it is that Jesus is not looking for a fan club. The fact of the matter is, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. There's a multitude of angels in heaven that magnify his name. They worship God and the Lamb of God. So he's not looking for a fan club. What he's looking for is people that will follow him. People that will pick up their cross and follow the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Because I don't know if you know this, but fans are fickle. Fans will love you one day, and the next day they'll crucify you. And if anyone knows that better than anyone else, it would be Jesus Christ. One day they were glorifying him, saying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One week before they, were, they, were, they, were, they came and they started saying those things, the next week they say, crucify him. And they put him on the cross. So Jesus did not come to this earth to get fans. Jesus came to make followers. And that's what we're called to be. Amen? So as we, as we look at this important fact, we need to understand that as family members of, of Christ, we, we, we do the things that Christ has called us to do. And, and last week, we learned the importance of water baptism. And we learned three very important things because water baptism is not optional for a believer. Did you know that? Water baptism is essential. We found out last week that Jesus is our example. The Bible says that he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River to fulfill all righteousness. Remember, he identified with man because he was the son of man. And he brought God into the picture because he's the son of God. He's fully man and fully God. And then we also found out that every believer in the Bible was water baptized. They didn't wait around. They, 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 they were water baptized. And, and we, 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 we saw from the scriptures that it does not save you, but it demonstrates that you believe. What saves us with God? Our faith in Jesus. But when you have faith in Jesus, you do the things that Jesus commands. And one of the things that he commands is for us to be baptized. This week, I'm going to follow this uh, first part with the second part, and I'm, I'm titling it, Taking the Plunge for New Life. How many of you remember that commercial, the Nestle Plunge? That's way back. Remember that? Didn't it just look really refreshing? Well, there's nothing as refreshing as taking the plunge in Christ. And we're going to see what exactly happens when we do that. So we're going to uh, Acts, book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. I'll be reading from the NLT. And um, just see what the word of God will, will bring to us this morning 
Uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for how amazing you are in this place. Thank you for the word that you spoke through your vessel, uh, Benny. Lord God, I, I, I certainly um, identify with that. Lord, that you are the refreshing, you are the living water. And from that, Lord God, as we go and read your, your written word, we pray that your, your blessing will be on every one of us as we hear the word. Let us not just be hearers, but let us be doers of your word. And as I speak, I pray that you will give me clarity and intelligibility, Father, so the things that I say will be understand or understood, Lord. And, and not only that, Lord, that as we leave this place, we will put these words into practice and that we can be more like Jesus. So we pray this in his name and all of God's people said, amen. So here's what's happening right here. The Apostle Peter is preaching the first sermon in the church. And he is preaching to a multitude of Jews. It's it is the day of Pentecost. And that day is when the Jews celebrated uh, uh, the harvest. And it's 50 days after the Passover. That's the scenario right here. And so he's preaching. Remember this. Peter, 50 days before this, he had denied Jesus. He had failed Jesus. And now, because Jesus restored him, and he said, I have a job for you to do. I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to tend my lambs. And I want you to feed my sheep. And, and after he sustained him and, and he, he, he restored him, Peter preaches this amazing message. And this is kind of the end of it right here. He says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified. Who's he talking to? Jews. Whom crucified Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. That's important right there. Let's pause that. So Lord means supreme in authority. Lord means God. Messiah means Savior. The one that would lead God's people. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm going to pause right there because that's very interesting to me because Jesus in Matthew 28 as he's talking to the, 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 the apostles, he says, go therefore and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And here Peter tells those that are listening to him, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But the Lord gave me kind of a revelation. How many of you like when the Lord kind of shows you something? Why did he tell the Jews that they needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? It's because they had crucified him. And now he's telling them, I want you to identify yourself with Jesus. That's huge. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Only God can forgive sins. Amen? Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of us love the gift of the Holy Spirit? 
This promise is to you and to your children, he's talking to Jews, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter, Peter continued preaching for a long time. So don't ever get mad at Pastor James when I preach for a long time. I'm just following the scriptures. He preached for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And that's exactly what us as pastors should be doing. We should be preaching the word and we should be saying, it's time for you today to get saved. You see, beloved, there's someone in this service that is going to get saved. There's someone that came into this building today for the sole purpose of giving your life to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Lord. I believe that already. Because you want to be saved from this crooked generation. And then verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized. And added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Could you imagine Mike, P-Dub, myself, P-B, Benny, baptizing 3,000 people? Paul, an elder here. Man, you probably felt like if you did CrossFit. Think about that's huge. In one day. I love it. So three things that I want to share from this uh, passage right here that I think is very important about the reality of be a follower, not a fan. The first thing is be a follower, not a fan, by identifying yourself with Jesus' burial and resurrection. Be a follower, not a fan, by identifying yourself with Jesus' burial and resurrection. There is a big difference between a follower and a fan. A follower identifies himself or herself with who they follow. Amen? You identify yourself with them. Notice the words of Peter in his first sermon. I'm going to read this again. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Peter is simply saying to be a follower is to make a U-turn in your life. That's what repent means. Repent, the Greek word metanoia, means that you're going one way and you go and you make a complete 180 of where you're going. You're walking away from God and you turn around and you begin to walk back to God. Now, God here, when you walk this way, there's light. When you walk away from God, there's darkness. Over here is no bueno. No bueno. It seems fun. 
You do your thing. Two-step. You do your thing. And it seems really, really nice, but it's dark over there. Now, I'm not saying that if you go two-step or if you do, you know, like cumbia, that you I'm not saying that's all bad. I'm just saying if you're walking away from God and you go into different areas, you need to do one thing. You need to make a 180. You need to turn and go back to God. Amen. It's not difficult. Jesus made it very simple. So he says you need to repent. You turn. And then you identify with what he did for you or for me in sending his son to die for his failures. For our, that's better. He died for our failures. Everything that I ever did over here in this dark place when I was not walking with God and I made those choices that were against God. When I turn and I go back to him, I identify with what he did for me. And what he did for me is he washed me clean. I don't have to live condemned anymore. You, beloved, don't have to live condemned anymore. If anyone is in Christ Jesus... There is therefore now no condemnation. Are you with me? And how do you receive this restoration? How do you receive this complete cleansing? How do you receive this refreshment of the Holy Spirit? You receive it by turning back to God. Then the Bible says, get baptized. Get baptized. Remember that the 3,000 that got baptized on that first sermon were some of the same people that were saying, crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Because at that time when they were saying crucify him, they were identifying themselves with the religious leaders that were opposed to Jesus. Are you with me? They casted their voice vote with those that were against Jesus. Now, I know this much because I've been walking with God for 19 years. I know that before I ever came to Jesus, I voiced my vote to Jesus saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I identified with that. But when you come to Jesus, you identify yourself with what he has done for you. And when you publicly, think about this, beloved. When you publicly get baptized, you're announcing to everyone that is there in that place 
that Jesus is your Lord. And not only to the ones that are here, but every demon that has tried to destroy your life and trying to destroy every one of your friends and peers, you announce to them, I don't belong to you anymore. I belong to Jesus. Baptism is that important. But there's one more multitude, entourage of who you're announcing to that you are on God's side. God knows that because you've turned to him. But the angels that are worshiping in the heavens, they look down and they say, he's one of us. Not an angel, but he's on our team. She's on our team. You identify with those that belong to the living God. Amen? Do you understand how huge baptism is? It says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And I put down that for is a key word. For the forgiveness means for the purpose of identifying you with the remission of your sins. When you go into the water, that's not when you're forgiven. You're forgiven when you name Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. But when you do that, when you get baptized, you're identifying yourself with your faith. And you're saying, I'm going to put my faith into action. It's very interesting to me as I studied this week that one of the meanings, in fact, the initial meaning of baptizo, that's a word, baptizo of baptism, the Greek word, it's to dip in dye. And you dip this, the fabric, they would dip these fabrics in dye. And when they pulled it out, that fabric would take up, take um, upon itself that color of the dye. It would be completely saturated. And it would not look the same. When we get baptized, think about this symbolism. We go into the death, the burial of Jesus. And we identify, and the blood that he shed for us covers all of us. And we're cleansed, and we're raised into a new life. That is so amazing. The Bible tells us, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were also raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. This verse helps us to grasp the fact that baptism is much more than what we think at times. It's much more than just some, of a, some kind of a religious uh, ceremony. It's identifying with the Savior and with what he's done for us. The Apostle Paul goes on to write, he says, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. That's the same context as being baptized. It's this next verse. It has to do with the totality of your salvation. Your faith and baptism coming together. 
Baptism doesn't save us, but it shows people that we are saved. Point number two, be a follower, not a fan, by experiencing your new life as a Christian. Experiencing your new life as a Christian. One of the greatest truths of the Christian experience is that God grants his people a clean slate. Here, here's my question to you, beloved, because some of you need to grab a hold of this. How many of you in here today are walking around with the reality that God has cleansed you? It will change, amen, it will change the way that you live. He grants us a clean slate, a fresh beginning. And water baptism puts an explanation point to this, to this uh, reality. The Bible puts it like this. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. is a pregnant statement listen up cats don't stress out or anything don't just feel so good it's full of life that statement first of all this is important and I mentioned this last week and I want to just emphasize it again and again you're not baptized into a denomination and you're not baptized according to a human standard. The Bible says that we're baptized into Christ. So when I hear someone say, I was, I was baptized a Catholic, or I was baptized a Baptist, or I was baptized a Methodist, my response is simply, how about being baptized into Christ? Are you with me? When people are baptized at Living Word Chapel or any other place. You're not baptized into a denomination. You're baptized into the Savior. Secondly, you are fully immersed into his death. The whole penalty of your sin has been paid past, present, and future. When I received Jesus as my Savior, can I tell you something? He knew what I was going to do ahead of time. He knows that we're not going to be perfect even once we receive him. But he forgives us and he walks with us and he stays with us so you don't have to live in any condemnation. You go into his death where he paid the full penalty and the full price. The third thing that's important, and as Christ was raised through the glory of the Father, we too are raised to new life through the, glory of uh, through the glory of God. Baptism is a celebration of a new life in Christ. Baptism, I mean, I'm sorry, your faith saves you, but baptism is the other side of the, of the coin because it goes hand in hand. And what I want you to grab a hold of that's so important is that baptism is essential and every believer always got baptized it doesn't save you your faith in jesus saves you but baptism is essential it's right there with that same coin amen
and you can experience this new life as you do it. The Bible says um, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Man, that's great news. God sees you different in Christ, and the internal work begins. Are you with me? The day that you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are washed clean. And then he begins to work on you, inside and out. Point number three, last point, be a follower, not a fan. By not delaying and taking the plunge when you believe. The one thing that I see in the Bible is that the followers of Christ did not wait to be baptized. They followed the example of Jesus and the commandment of Jesus. I love the way the great pastor and author, Watchman Nee, put it. He said, baptism is faith in action. In the modern church, we have baptism classes and all these different man-made regulations, and we miss the biblical example of baptism. Believe and get baptized. The Bible just says simply take the plunge, and then your discipleship begins after that. Amen? So here's four reasons that we should get baptized by immersion. Four reasons why we should take the plunge. The first reason is Jesus was baptized that way. Matthew 3.16 states, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. So if you come out of the water, you must have gone what? In the water. Mark put it like this, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan as Jesus was coming up out of the water. So Jesus' baptism was by immersion. The second reason that we should take the plunge and be baptized by immersion, every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. One example of many, the Ethiopian eunuch, he placed his faith in Jesus after Philip preaching to him. And the Bible tells us that both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they, come, when they came up out of the water, the spirit suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. The third reason that we should be baptized by immersion is because the word baptize, which comes from the word baptizo, in the Greek, it actually means to dip under. And the fourth reason, immersion best symbolizes a burial and resurrection. When you go down into the water, you die with Christ. The old man dies. Don't you love that? The old woman dies. And you go into the death 
with Christ. I'm going to read the scripture right now. And you're buried with him. And the Bible says that you're raised to new life. So let's look, let's read it right there. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into into death. In order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, so we too might walk in newness of life. I don't know about you, beloved, but I see a lot of relevance in being baptized by immersion. Amen? I've said this before, and, and, and in fact, I had, last week I had several come to me and, and talk to me about their past baptism experiences. I mentioned from my own experience, I was raised in a denomination where they baptized infants. And when I gave my life to Jesus and made him my Lord, the Bible spoke to me and said, and then the Lord spoke to me. The Bible showed me that every believer in the Bible was an adult who had placed their faith in Jesus. And then they were baptized. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And I, and, and I think this needs to be communicated that the Lord spoke to my heart and said to me, your parents offered you to me. But now it's time for you to identify with me. And so I got water baptized in Docker, someplace around here. Remember that, PB? Long time ago. And God has just been faithful to, to me. And I want for those of you in here, if you have not been water baptized and you've placed your faith in Jesus, what is the delay? Let's take that next step and glorify God with that. Amen? Worship team, can we have you come up at this time and we'll start playing? I, I, I want to take a little bit of time as we close to just let the Lord work in, in our hearts. Because something special is going to happen right now. I just, I just can sense it. I know that the Lord has been working on people through the weekend and you're here for a reason. God brought you here. And he brought you here because he wants to either begin a relationship with you that you've never had before by you giving your life to Christ. Or he wants to reestablish a relationship with you because maybe you've kind of faded with your relationship with Christ. Either or, God is here to meet you where you're at. How do we apply this message? The first thing I would tell you is that baptism is essential. Would you agree to that? The second thing I would say is remember that baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment. The third thing I would say is baptism does not save you, but it demonstrates that you already believe. And the fourth thing to apply is if you are a believer and have not been water baptized by immersion, I and we encourage you to allow the word of God to be your guide in fulfilling and celebrating Jesus' commandments of water baptism. To take the plunge for new life. Now this last part is a prayer. It's a prayer 
a commitment that someone in here because you're over here. You've walked away from God. You've been in this dark place. And you're not even happy here because that's what brought you to church this morning. God brought you here. And he drew you. And he's calling you. He's been knocking on the door of your heart all weekend long. Saying, I have so much for you. I love you so much. I want to start a relationship with you. And today's the day, I really sense that today's the day that you're going to make a 180. And you're going to walk to Jesus. To where the light is. His hand is extended, but here's the thing about Jesus. He never forces us to follow him.